We have a new sponsor we're welcoming this week on Oh My Dollar that I'm really excited about because I actually think a lot of our listeners need what they offer. So if you have people that depend on you, you need life insurance. But I know that the traditional application process for life insurance and waiting weeks to receive a decision can be incredibly frustrating. That alone is enough to turn me off. I know that if I can't do something online, I probably won't do it. Honestly, it's 2018. Applying for life insurance should be simple and totally hassle-free. In comes Haven Life Insurance Agency. Haven Life offers term life insurance issued by Mass Mutual that you can apply for online and is available nationwide. Apply anytime, anywhere, from any device. Haven Life offers term life insurance, which is an affordable way to financially protect your partner, kids, or other folks that rely on you term life insurance policies have coverage terms, usually 20 years, but it could be 10, 50, or 30 that you can choose from when you buy your policy. So you can put a policy in place for the years you think your loved ones would need it most. For example, it would be about 18 bucks a month to get a $500,000 20-year Haven term policy issued by Mass Mutual for a 35-year-old woman in excellent health. Haven Term has a level term premium, which means the premium won't change over the whole life of the policy, so it's super easy to plan in your monthly budget. Life insurance is an important part of your financial plans. If you have people that rely on you, you probably need it. When buying insurance, as a rule of thumb, you generally want five to ten times your annual salary and coverage. That's a good starting point, but Haven Life also has an easy-to-use online life insurance calculator to help you figure out how much coverage is right for you and your family. No math required. If you're looking for peace of mind and financial protection for the people you love, check out Haven Life. You can start the process quickly at welcome.havenlife.com OMD. That's welcome.havenlife.com OMD. Welcome to Oh My Dollar, a personal finance show with a dash of glitter. Dealing with money can be scary and stressful. Here we give practical, friendly advice about money that helps you tackle the financial overwhelm. Here's your host, William Kerbeck. And that was your other host and producer, Will Romy. So today we have actually a lot of really excellent listener questions and comments about homeownership. A couple months ago, we did a uh, episode all about homeownership. And a lot of you wrote in to tell us about your own kind of good stories and bad stories about buying a house. And um, we also had a listener, Jessica, who just kind of wanted to ask a question about homeownership. So I thought I'd start the show off with that. Jessica says, I just listened to the episode about homeownership, which is extremely timely for me as I've been thinking about it basically nonstop for the past couple months. I'd love to get an outside perspective on my situation. The quick version is this. I live in a relatively low cost of living area and have been living the last five years in a one-bedroom apartment that's absurdly cheap. I'm outgrowing it, though, and struggling with whether I should A. Stay here for a few more years and save aggressively, or B. Move to another apartment, which would definitely increase my rent but avoid homeownership issues, or C. Buy a house. Well, Jessica, this is an excellent question, and I'm sure we have a lot of listeners kind of in the same situation as you. And unfortunately, I'm probably not going to give you a hard yes or no, because this is one of those things that ends up being very personal. But 
since you're in a relatively low cost of living area, it's one thing that I think is really important when you're kind of framing this out is to look in what the impact a mortgage would have on your monthly budget. Because if you've got a absurdly cheap one bedroom apartment right now, but you're in a low cost of living area, you may actually find that a mortgage including the interest and homeowner's insurance and all of that that's kind of rolled up into your monthly payment for a mortgage may be actually comparable. We're in a town right now where buying a home is really, really expensive. I think the average home price in Portland now is in the 400000 thousands, which is really hard to achieve on a middle class or low income budget. But if you're in a low cost of living area where the average home price is closer to $100,000, you may find that your monthly payment is very close to your rent. Um, So I think it's really important to actually do some research on it. Um, One thing to understand is the impact that a interest rate can really have on your monthly mortgage payment. Mm, So which rent doesn't have applied to it. Does not have applied to it. So um, you know, the current market and what interest rates are going for can really have a huge effect on how much you're actually paying into your mortgage over the long term. So one thing that you can do is you can go online and look up mortgage calculators and I'll include a links to some of my favorite mortgage calculators on the show notes. Um, so you can always go to ohmydollar.com slash podcast and check the show notes if you don't have them in iTunes or whatever and get some resources for actually calculating out what that would look like. It's important to have a general idea of what your credit score is in order to be able to figure out what that monthly payment would look like in your budget. Mm-hmm. And um, in order to do that, you should, um, you know, log in to any one of the websites that will give you kind of a modeled version of your credit score. Um, don't get obsessed with having a perfect credit score, as we've talked about before on this show. But the difference between a 700 and a 740 or a 750 credit score is the difference between possibly 0.5 to 1% difference that you would get in interest. Oh, wow. Rate. So that would add up quickly. It really does add up. It can be uh, the difference in tens of thousands of dollars over the life of your loan. Right. So this is one of the times where a credit score really could matter and might be worth timing your house purchase based based on when you can bring your credit score up. And we've talked about previously on some other episodes about some games you can play to improve your credit score. And because a home is such a large purchase that's so impacted by your credit score and for 15 or 20 or 30 years out, that mortgage is going to be part of your monthly expenses. I do recommend trying to play some of those games, those silly games to improve your credit score up to the six months of actually trying to get pre-approval and getting approved for a mortgage. Hmm. And that's because a 10-point difference in your credit score, if you're on the cusp, could make tens of thousands of dollars of difference over the life of your mortgage. So I would look into that. I always recommend that people aim for a 15 or a 30-year fixed rate mortgage. Don't get bought into these adjustable rate mortgages, these variable ones, a balloon mortgage. There's lots of them that will try to lure you in with like what are called balloon mortgages, which is essentially where your monthly payment is really low most of the time. And then every five years, you have to come up with a huge sum of money, a balloon payment. Huh, that sounds scary. <laughs> yeah. There's all sorts of ridiculous kind of um, products that were developed, and they like to lure you in just like any other product, which is like, just for the low, low price of $200 a month, 
you know, and or they'll tell you, oh, get an adjustable rate mortgage now and we'll give you this great interest rate and then it'll be tripled in five years. But don't worry about it. You can refinance at that time. All the evidence suggests that the people that end up being the most financially well, the people that end up being the most financially stable in the long term have fixed rate mortgages. So um, don't try to play games. Don't try to get, you know, something because there's a really amazing deal. Get a fixed rate mortgage. So when you're looking, you want to look for what your monthly payment would be with that. And a lot of people don't even take this step. They kind of think about buying a house as like this fictional thing. And they don't realize that they can they can do some research. They can test out what that monthly budget would look like. If the if the amount that a mortgage would be is significantly more than your rent, I would recommend give it some time for three to six months. See if you can live on the difference. So if your rent right now is $350 a month and a mortgage would be $650 a month, mm-hmm. that's extra $300. Um, and then I would do a little buffer for the annoyance of owning a home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the uh, you, new door you need we, to replace right, or and a new welcome mat. And General recommendation is 1% of the home's purchase price per year. So if you have a $100,000 home, then you want about $1,000 per year set aside in sort of a maintenance fund. Huh. If you have a $200,000 house, about 2000 That's totally a rule of thumb. Obviously, construction rates really vary by region. And if you have a million dollar house, it's probably not going to take at, you know, 1% of that purchase price to maintain if that million dollar house is just based on the city they live in and it's not actually like a mansion. Yeah, But if (laughs) it is a mansion, you're not going to want to uh, use that regular old white paint on the walls. You got to splurge for the good stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Eggshell. So see if you can actually fit it in your budget. Give it a test out. I recommend not rushing. Don't don't get caught up in house fever ever. Don't feel like you have to rush into it or that it, you know, it defines you as an adult. See if it's a reasonable monthly budget. One way to test that out could be by moving to a slightly more expensive apartment, right? So mm-hmm. your option B, Jessica's option B, which is the rent goes up in because she's outgrowing her current space um, and she would move to a more expensive apartment. That's one way to test it out. Or another way to test it out is buckle down, stay in the slightly smaller apartment, but then save that difference in a, you know, emergency fund or a down payment fund. Right. Another thing to kind of look at is, is the neighborhood that you want to live in, the neighborhoods that are interesting to you, um, both for the type of houses they are, like maybe you want a condo or maybe you want an old vintage house, you know, whatever kind of a house appeals to you and neighborhood um, access to schools, if you have kids or, you know, coffee shop or your commute to work, any of those things. Close to public transit. P- close to public transit. Um, I don't like to have to go to a grocery store on the other side of town. Like all of those kind of things that you consider. Um, I know a lot of people, myself included, tend to write off the quality of the schools if they don't have kids. But even if you never plan to have kids, that really, really impacts the resale value of the house. So if that's something that stays stable in your city, um, Portland is kind of an exception to this because we're literally every two years reconsidering what schools are even located in which neighborhood because Mm -hmm. we're experiencing such rapid growth. But in most cities, you know where the good schools are. That doesn't change a ton over a five to 10 year period, right? It's usually close to the rich people. (laughs) 
(laughs) (laughs) which is, you know, its own commentary on the flaws of America's property tax funding school system, but that's a different (laughs) episode. So it's important because remember, you're buying an asset that at some point you probably will resell. And uh, statistically, you're going to resell that house. The average American only stays in a house that they bought for six years. So it's important to consider the resale proposition, even if you convinced yourself you're buying a house and you'll never buy another house again, because statistically, you're probably average, <laughs> right? True. So like things change. And the worst thing to that you don't want to get stuck in is having a house that you absolutely can't resell when you need to. And we talked about how agonizing it can be to get stuck in a house that like the economy tanks, your local market tanks, and... Even you're if, still saddled with the loan. Yeah, yeah, you're still saddled with this mortgage. Um, and even if you did buy it in cash, like what if you were super awesome and, you know, you stayed in this smaller apartment for a couple of years and you saved up enough in cash because you're in a cheap part of the country and you're like, houses are $60,000. I did it. I bought a house in cash. That's awesome. You still have monthly expenses associated with that. Well, you still have property uh, taxes. You still have homeowner's insurance. You will still have monthly expenses even if you bought the house in cash. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not able to move that, houses are not easy things to sell. They cost money to sell, too. You have realtor's fees. You have, uh, you know, broker's fees. You've you got to all... clean the thing up. Yeah, just Yeah, you just have to deal with making it look pretty for shows. So that is another thing to consider is are the houses – in the neighborhoods that are desirable to purchase in and resell in and interesting to you to live in, are they in your price range? Because it may be that you can afford a rental in the neighborhoods that you're in, but buying a house in a desirable neighborhood is out of your budget. So those are considerations to um, kind of factor in when you're considering buying a house. Another thing to consider is, do you expect your lifestyle to change aggressively in the next couple of years? Um, usually, you it the break-even depends on the price of the house and lots of other things, but usually the break-even point is five to seven years of wanting to stay in a house before you know, you've actually made a little money on the investment and the mm-hmm. sale of the house. Obviously, it all varies. We all know the people that got stuck with underwater houses in the recession, even if they'd been in them for seven years. But are you looking at having kids? Are you currently single and looking actively for a partner? Like, is there a possibility that your lifestyle is going to radically shift and the type of house you're interested in buying now is not going to fit your needs in three to five years? Right, so get a house you want for a while. Yeah. Are you in an industry where you're like, oh, I might have to move? Or are you working for the government or the military or something where like big changes would have to happen for your work site to change? Um, Or are you working for a small firm that might be at a different WeWork next week? (laughs) Like, you know, those kind of things can really factor in whether or not buying a kind of more permanent place to live versus continuing to rent for a couple years can factor into you. So things to look at, your own budget, your own lifestyle, and the current market. And a great way to research the market, you can, um, you know, you can online shop till the cows come home, but actually going to open houses can give you some good practice at um, evaluating decisions because there's a lot of stuff that isn't obvious online. And you might realize like, oh, just going to open houses, you go, oh my gosh, the houses that are in my price range, I are way less nice than a rental in my price range. Or you might be like, I could have this much house for as much as I'm paying in rent. Man, I'm really interested in buying now, right? And you might be able to find out that like houses move a lot more slowly in certain neighborhoods. So that can be useful information to have um, when it actually does come to negotiating and looking into buying a house. Because you might discover that 
a certain part of town that has houses you really like, they actually take more than more than 60 days to move is sort of a marker of a slow market in a real estate market. Uh So if it takes more than 60 days for a house to sell in a certain part of town, you're going to know that you have a little bit more leverage as compared to like a really hot market like Portland, where last year, if a house got listed on a Wednesday, they would they would be taking final offers on that Sunday. You know, they would have five competing offers from five different, um, you know, uh, buyers agents. So that's a really important thing to consider is what the local market looks like. So your own budget, your own lifestyle and the local market. As far as buying a house as an investment, it's cool. It's a savings account you can live in. That's pretty cool. (laughs) I don't recommend buying a house if it means that you would not be able to also pay off your student loans if you've got significant student loan debt Mm -hmm. or if buying a house would prevent you from saving for retirement. So if you're not able to do 15% at a minimum in your retirement account, if you're stretching to do the mortgage, I don't want your only investment to be your house. And that's because houses get knocked down. Neighborhoods change. Houses cost money to maintain. Your retirement account does not. (laughs) Um, So like you don't have to paint it, (laughs) right? Right? So my 401k demands less of me. And um, it's just important to have some diversification. And houses are obviously tied to one neighborhood, one block even. If you have one bad neighbor, that's an investment that could really tank and be hard to resell if you've got that one neighbor that leaves vehicles dead vehicles out on their lawn and stays up all night yelling right i've lived we've all lived in those neighborhoods i may have been that neighbor at one point in time sometimes you need to yell yeah so those are important things to kind of consider when you're looking into it in the end the decision is going to be yours so when to buy if you decide you want to buy It's all up to you. Remember, it is not a mark of adulthood to own a house. It's just one part of your investment portfolio, and it's a place to live. (laughs) So don't do it because of pressure. But it sounds like you're in this position where, like, maybe you could do it. Maybe you could not. I think that's a wrap. I think you're right. Uh, That wraps our show for today. Our producer is Will Romy. Me. Our intro music is by Aaron Parecki. And your host has been Lillian Kerbick, your personal finance educator and host. Thanks for listening. And until next time, remember to manage your money so that it doesn't manage you. Speaking of cool ways to engage with us, I want to let folks know that we are running a giveaway. Oh, Um, man. It is a mid-year get-your-life-together giveaway. And in addition to a copy of the Get Your Money Together book and cat stickers and a cat bow tie, uh, we also have a passion planner, which is the paper planner I use every day and I really love. So if you're interested in entering that giveaway, you can find it at ohmydollar.com slash giveaway. And we're going to be running it between July 7th, which is my birthday, and July 31st, which is Harry Potter's birthday. Which encompasses my birthday on the 21st. Yeah, so it's essentially <laughs> a birthday giveaway. <laughs> Harry Potter, Will, and me, the three most important birthdays uh-huh, in the year. Uh-huh. Yep. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.